Side to row to center. Lundig shoots. He scores! Johnny Lundig does it again! Jarvis in close shot. There's a goal! Seth Jarvis, the 17-year-old. Short side, glove side, high, just under the crossbar. Cutting to the front of the net, and they score. Reese Newkirk along the right wing just took the pass. That was phenomenal patience from Seth Jarvis and the winner. Hey, this is Reese Newkirk, and you're listening to the Pucklandia podcast. Welcome into Pucklandia. Uh, pleased to have you as the listener along for the ride. I believe this is the ninth season. So, you know, in podcast years, that's that's a long, long, long time. And uh, one of the main reasons that this, this show kept going for, for a number of years here is uh, my friend Josh Kreitzer, who writes for PNW Hockey Talk and uh, runs the show over there. How's, how's uh, well, first off, how, how's your summer, Josh? You know, hey Chad, it's it's good to be on again. Appreciate it. Uh, I remember when I first moved out here. One of the first things I did, I had to find uh, hockey, and I uh, found the Winterhawks. And naturally, you have to find podcasts, and I found the Pucklandia podcast. So, uh, you know, it's it comes full circle sometimes. And you know, uh, but overall, you know, summer was great. Uh, it went by really fast, but also not fast enough sometimes. Uh, it's crazy that we're already. Know, a couple games into the into the hockey season but you know uh it's been i've i probably feeling the best physically and and maybe mentally as well that i've that i've been in a while which i i always appreciate people who who reach out and things after uh you kind of bring light to some of those things when when i'm on the podcast with you so uh i, I do appreciate people who reach out and you know check it in make sure everything's okay so uh i the last couple times have kind of been oh boy kind of doom and gloom sometimes but you know i i'm pleased to say you know my eyes are functioning as as well as they probably are getting used to my new normal from from that standpoint but uh it's nice to be back uh, in the rink for training camp uh for the practices for the games uh i was not able to get up and see any of the preseason uh and then was out of town last weekend to catch the games live but was able to uh kind of watch a couple of the replays go back and do some kind of studying on the video and, and things like that and then i was also uh at practice this afternoon uh as we record here on a thursday evening but uh yeah it's just it's just great to have hockey back chad yeah yeah and i really you know appreciate bringing you along i'm you know you're you're always again in 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 the rink you know on a on a Thursday afternoon, which is a, a nice touch. A lot of a lot of guys don't don't have the uh, the time or drive or, or whatever to, to get out and, and do that. You know, myself included. And so that's kind of you know. And I know you have your your ear to the to the beat and, and have developed you know relationships with you know the coaching staff and whatnot. And that's always really handy as far as uh, you know having some insight and bringing it to the to the listeners of the show. And 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 always appreciate that. And so. Yeah, personally, I so I was in uh, in the rink for most of uh, Neely Cup, and then I kind of haven't been able to, to catch much since then, doing other things, including I missed missed the uh, broadcast of both games over the weekend. So, but at the same time, I mean, you know, they had a lot of guys away at camp. I mean, the first two games aren't really indicative of of what this uh, what this roster is going to look like here moving forward, uh, was it? Yeah, I, definitely not. 
there was you know, to start both games. They, I think they had five defensemen, which is is problematic. And they they were rotating. Uh, Nick Johnson and and Kyle Chizowski each took a couple shifts along the blue line there as well. So, yeah, when you when you have you know three or four guys that are you know four guys for the first game, uh, you know in in Southern, Thompson. Uh, Canyoni and Ulsher gone at, at pro camps. That that really thins out your blue line. Uh, leaves just two guys who had who had basically WHL experience last year. And Brett Ravendahl, who who you know kind of started to see some minutes toward towards the end of the season, but was kind of in and out of the lineup. And then Josh Morey, who has kind of been a utility player for the Winterhawks, and kind of will look to be more kind of solidify his spot on the blue line as opposed to kind of going back and forth between forward and, and defense. But so they had several guys out of the lineup. They did have the majority of, of their, their top six, if you will, or top seven, depending upon how you view Diego Badazzoni, who, my goodness, that, that's somebody we want to talk about on this episode for sure. Uh, you know, But the only forward they were missing was Josh Davies, who is away at uh, Florida Panthers uh, Pro Camp, who's back now. Uh, everyone is back and accounted for at practice today. Um, you know, There's still kind of the, the three main injuries up front and and. and McDonough, Miller, and Aiden Sotis. Uh, no change on, on the timeline for those guys, although Miller was in a no-contact jersey, which is good to see him out on the ice after him not being on the ice hardly at all outside of some individual drills at, at training camp. So he's at least out there in some of the drills, but in, in a no-contact sweater, he's no closer to returning. We're still looking probably around a November timeline for him. But yeah, in terms of the lineup, there was a lot of, you know, Different combinations that you'll see. Johnson had to kind of mix and match his forwards a little bit, uh, especially the power play units where where you had five forwards on the first unit uh, when they were trying to tie up the game. I think at one point they had six forwards out there. So they, you know, I think those are all going to change. Look at Canyonis. I, I have, have a feeling we'll probably play minute and a half, minute 45 of, of the power play. Uh, he's just going to be a, that, that power play quarterback. So that, that'll be a big adjustment from, from the power play that you saw uh, over, over those two games uh, last weekend. And obviously no Jan Spunar uh, for the, for both those games. So, you know, when you, when you factor in kind of your rear guard of, you know, seven players, you, you were missing five of the seven. So it's hard to take a lot of the defensive zone coverage and some of that stuff for what it is uh, in, in those early games. But, you know, there's a lot of roster turnover that's that's going to happen. Some some young guys getting their first taste uh, in the league. So, you know, there's just – it's early games. But at, at the same time, these points in September count just as much as, as the points in, in March uh, do. So when, you know, kind of feel like they left at least one point on the table in Wenatchee, probably would have liked to get two in that game when you're up 4-1. to one. Uh uh, but you know, at, at the same time, those are learning experiences, learning opportunities uh, for those players. And but the, those points they matter just as much. But Winterhawks go into weekend number two with a one-on-one record. You know, one thing about these shows is I don't really keep any sort of format, and we we wander, and it's a, you know, it's I mean that's that's how we converse in in, in real life, and that's kind of how we do it here and uh, you know recorded forum, but. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a tangent, but you know, I, I you talk about Wenatchee, and obviously their uh, their on ice product is likely to change here coming up. I mean, there's you know this the, the league's kind of had a rough rough start here with uh, you know different varying scandals and you know with coaching in, in Lethbridge, Everett, and and Wenatchee, 
And, you know, every time something pops up, you know, I think about, you know, the, uh, you know, the long tenure of, of, uh, Mike Johnston here in town. And, and even the two years he was away, it was essentially like, you know, he was kind of, you know, it was still his system. It was still his, his concept. It wasn't like they, they started over anything like that. And, you know, even, even back to, you know, it's been 10 years since, since he had his own scandal, which is a little bit, you know, completely different, you know, in, in relation to what these other guys are going through right now. And it's, uh, you know, it's certainly nice as, as a fan of this hockey club to, to think about, you know, the stability and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the hands that these kids are in that, you know, I mean, as far as, you know, overseeing the development of, 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 of young men who most of which will go on to things besides hockey, well, all, all of them will eventually, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a nice world to live in when you still have, you know, MJ running your hockey club in, uh, in comparison to, to some of the other things going around in the league. And it's just, uh, that's something, something I've been thinking about a lot to, uh, to, to start the season. Yeah, there's it's a, it's unfortunate that there's still some of this. Uh, let's just call it what it is: inappropriate behavior that that's happening, and it's not been a good look for the league. Um, you know, you don't want to lump it in into into those controversies, but you also have Alex Edwards in Victoria who gets a 25 game suspension, which I think is one of the longest suspensions in a long time for an on ice incident of, of you know, against what happened in in that Everett game. So, just you know, the league last year, I think, was riding the PR high with, with Bedard and, and what was able to be done there and World Juniors and hosting the Memorial Cup. There was just a lot of good uh, press for them last year. Uh, you know, there's certainly there's going to be things that, that pop up. But you're right. There's there's not a lot to kind of positives to hang your, your hat on right now from, from a league perspective. So you hope that can kind of get cleaned up. But at the same time, these things got to get called out and... Uh, there's got to be a change in hockey and just the way that how we talk to each other as humans is very divisive and you you don't want to see that in any capacity let alone in hockey and especially with with these young men Um, and you know some of these people are looked up to from from kids from fans from you know you name it the players and you you want these people to be beyond reproach and unfortunately we're not we're not seeing that right now so hopefully this can be um, the start of some change and but at the same time you kind of need more proof before you're going to see that where we've maybe turned a corner but at the same time here we are yeah you know me me personally i mean you know i have strong opinions that's how i ended up starting a show like this but you know, but I also don't want to, you know, beat anybody up as far as, you know, whoever's running the, you know, I tend to know who's running the Twitter accounts for these various teams and, and whatnot. And, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to shoot the messenger there. And, you know, and I also, you know, try to maintain positive relationships just for the, you know, this show and, and, and WHL Unfiltered. And so I try to, you know, it's not so much that I'll, you know, bite my tongue in exchange for access, but, you know, if I, you know, really want to, you know, pick on the Everett Silvertips for whatever they're going through. And I, that's one I know the least about as far as scandal, like, you know, then when I go to, 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 to find guests for, you know, through their team, then I get that, that, that would handcuff me there. So I'm just like, it's kind of, it's tricky for me. And, you know, I, I think most people know it's, and, and I try to keep hockey separate than, you know, 
world of events and, and, and current events and things like that. But at the same time, I think people, you know, I do show my colors a little bit that, you know, I'm a, a hockey is for everyone guy and, 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 and that kind of a thing. Cause you know, I mean, do we want to grow the game or do we not want to grow the game? And, you know, do we want to, do we want hockey to, to, to be, you know, stale or do we want it, do we want it to, to, to evolve? And so that's kind of, kind of where I'm at, but but yeah, mostly, mostly I wanted to come back to just you know pumping the tires of of the uh, of the staff here in Portland, and you know I mean it's uh, it's 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 nice to not have to worry about you know is there is there something going to come out from from this staff because I mean they've you know I mean two of, two of the guys have, have have been assistants in this league for for twenty years most most of which here and then you know and then MJ leading the leading the way and so it's uh it's it's. You know, we I, I think sometimes as fans, you know, it's it's easy to take it for granted or maybe frustrated with the lack of playoff success over the recent years or or whatever. But it's uh, you know it, maybe maybe take a second to to think about you know what we have here, you know, being able to to, to root for this particular franchise and and uh, and and the stability that that uh, that that is offered. Yeah, it's it's one of those where you just hope that everything is on the up and up. And, um, sometimes you, you don't know. So, you know, for right now and everything that's going on, you, you just hope that there isn't more of this in the league, but if there is, you hope it can be resolved in, in a way that provides a safe environment for everybody involved. But regardless of who it is, who you are, what you believe that, that it's a safe environment for, for everyone that's involved in, in a sport we, you and I both love so much. Well, and I mentioned, you know, the lack of playoff success and that's something I wanted to touch into that you know we've been frustrated the last couple springs you know with uh you know not being able to to make as much hay as as one wants and you know last year it was a you know kind of a, a tough uh poker match you know with uh you know a likely matchup with Seattle and or Kamloops and that Kamloops one definitely didn't go the way we wanted but you know I think for the most part most of us looked at this year as the target year as as the the peak of the cycle specifically with that back end and having four 19s you know on 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 the defense core which should should bode pretty well i mean what what do you uh you let, let, let's start with that or josh i mean what, what do you what do you expect from this uh this defense core and that and that group of 19s that that's pretty highly uh highly regarded yeah you know for years it's been talked about we've got an inexperienced defense group. It's we've got four 17 year old defensemen and, you know, you know, one 18 year old defenseman. And then last year it's 18 year olds. And now, now they're kind of the, they're the veterans back there. So this is kind of all some of those pain points that have been the past couple of years. You're hoping that this is this, the turn of, and makes kind of all of those, um, instances where you kind of were hoping for a little bit more in the in the defensive zone you hope that that some of that is is kind of you're getting paid off now let, let's just say and you know Luca Cagnoni is a very 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 talented uh offensive defenseman and he's gonna probably play close to 30 minutes a night would be my guess and that he especially on the power play especially in the offensive zone and I've kind of when I've been talking with people or doing other um, talking with other markets and different things on what they can expect out of Portland. It's kind of what, what I keep going back to is where 
does Portland play the majority of the of the time? And it, you think it would be as simple as the more in the offensive zone you are, the better off they're going to be. But I really think that's the case with Portland. Of they have these such gifted offensive defensemen, and their best defense might be their offensive ability. But when they where we saw Portland run into trouble the past couple of years is when teams with a heavy forecheck like Kamloops and Seattle. And, you know, to a certain extent, um, kind of some of those other kind of heavier teams, it can give Portland fits and they can get hemmed in their own zone a little bit. And then that's when you start to see the defensive, let's just call them opportunities for improvement, <laughs> if you will, uh, kind of start to rear their head a little bit. So when, when those, when, if those defensemen are able to keep their shift short, get the puck out of the zone, clean zone exits, hit the forwards in, in stride keep the transition game going that Winterhawks fans are so used to seeing. If they can just get out of their zone and spend as little time there as possible, I think I think they're in for uh, a strong season. You know, Mark Elsher, I talked with him a little bit today since this was kind of the first time. You know, he's only been back in Portland for a couple of days. You know, he missed training camp with, with visa issues and, and then went re- and reported right to Florida's rookie camp and training camp and got into a preseason game uh, earlier this week. So he's still kind of getting accumulated. I can't say that word, (laughs) but uh, he's still trying to kind of get his feet underneath him. But one of the things he talked about today was just how he wants to be more reliable in in his defensive zone, kind of get back to that 17-year-old version. He felt that he kind of maybe took not necessarily a step back last year, but didn't quite – keep developing in his own zone as much as he as he would have liked so you know that's one of the things that that he said he focused on but you hope that that guys like Southern can start to you know we, we started to see a little bit of a mean streak from him towards the end of and end of the year last year and he's got all the size that you'd want uh in a defenseman we, we kind of hope that that will start to to come out a little bit Ryder Thompson got got a look with Arizona good for him to kind of get some of that recognition he's not he's probably the least flashy of of the four guys who got uh, a look at at pro camps but he's stable you know exactly what you're going to get out of Ryder he's going to going to be strong in his own zone he's going to make the first pass when he needs to he can jump up into the rush he's probably not going to put up 50 points 60 points like some of the other defensemen might be able to but he's he's the kind of defenseman you need on a on a deep uh, program and a guy who is a, a kind of a team guy through and through and a guy that a lot of, of the young guys are looking up to. So each guy kind of brings their own unique style and flair to, to the game. And if they can, if they can kind of figure some of that stuff out, if they can, how, how much time do they have their back uh, or their, you know, to, to the back of the net uh, that we've seen kind of in tight uh, coverage issues over the past couple of seasons and teams especially Kamloops last year in the playoffs, were able to exploit that even to a certain extent. Everett in, in that series, uh, you saw Berezowski and, and Roost really kind of kind of control behind the net uh, and then making passes out front. So how they handle all that, I think, is going to be a real telling sign for, for how, just how well the Winterhawks do this season. And I, I don't want to compare the on-ice game of these two players, but, you know, and maybe I'm a little blinded, you know, with uh, with my rose garden colored glasses. But you know, I feel like Cagnoni could be the kind of guy that we talk about, you know, around the league, like we did Olin Zellweger last year. As far as you know, the kind of defenseman that 
you know, really takes over games, you know, makes you, you know, notice when, when he, when he's on the ice, you know, the other teams have to have a plan for him. You know, I, I, I mean, what, what's your gut feeling on that? I mean, it seems like, you know, Cagnoni could be, you know, really one of the, the elite defenseman in, in, in the Western Conference, maybe the whole league this year. I mean, that's that's kind of that's kind of my starting point. But uh, you, how realistic do you think that is? You know, I I think they're they're similar players in, in their offensive ability. I think Lucas got a little flair for the dramatic to him. It's fun to see his personality start to come out. Uh, fans will notice he uses a white stick. Uh, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of that story, so that's something I, I hope to uncover here in the next couple of weeks as to why why that's, uh, why that's he chose that. Uh, one of the things I've, I've been told before in the locker room area is uh, look good, play good. So I don't know if I don't know if that's the situation we got going on with the white stick, but Luca is definitely going to bring fans out of their seats. Uh, we've seen him, you know, coming on a breakaway and take slap shots. Uh, we've seen him not be afraid to end up behind the net off the rush. We, you know, Selwiger was known for that being you know just kind of all over the place and just kind of having free roam. And I w- I would imagine that. Canyoni's going to have kind of the same freedoms that Zellweger was afforded, uh, especially knowing how much Johnson likes to have uh, an active defense. Where where I think Luca's a little bit further behind is the defensive side of the puck, where I think Zellweger was maybe a little bit of a of a step ahead of where Luca is uh, at this stage. But but Luca is absolutely a driver for Portland. I think as he goes, I think the team goes. Uh, he's definitely an X factor. He's the kind of guy who's, like you said, is going to disrupt plays. And, you know, one of the things that makes Lucas so good is what he can do with his stick. And that big, that white stick that he's using is he's not, he's not going to just lay out, lay the body. He's not, we're probably not going to see him on the top 10 hits at the end of the season or anything like that, but he's just smart with, with his positioning. And you've seen it in the transition of the NHL right now of kind of gone are the days of the Adam foot foots of the world where they're just kind of big mean guys in the back end. And you're starting to see some of these, you know, to kind of keep it in the, um, not necessarily the Portland, but at least the WHL, like like you're seeing with Jared Spurgeon with the Minnesota Wild, who just not the biggest guy, uh, but just really smart with his stick, always has it in the right right position. And I think for Canyoni, I think that's a, that's an area of his game you're probably gonna want to see improve. And if you're if you're San Jose, just seeing through what some of their beat reporters and stuff were saying of just how talented this guy is offensively. And if he can start to figure it out a little bit more in the defensive zone, he's, he's going to have more opportunities. So, and that's, that's not uncommon for these really talented offensive defensemen. Um, You know, he's, he's probably going to do really well in junior, but as he tries to make that, that jump to that next level, he's going to have to kind of pick it up in in the defensive zone. But at the same time, if you get 80, 90 points from him, or more there's you're willing to take some of those um kind of deficiencies in other areas because he is going to make up for it so much on the offensive end yeah you you mentioned Spurgeon that was uh I know that was before you were following this league but man he was really fun to watch when he was in Spokane that was a they had a, they had a, a number of good defensemen they had uh Cowan before that I mean it was uh, it, they had a pr- pretty good pretty good factory going there and, and, and a Memorial Cup to, to show for it, but it was, uh, 
you know, and it's a side note. I mean, that's kind of what we do, right? We talked about it, but when I was in the, in the rink here, you know, a couple of weeks ago and I was think, doing the math on, uh, these kids age, you know, as far as, you know, you, a lot of us feel old. I mean, we're older every year. I mean, by definition, but you know, I, I am of the age where I've been wa- following this league long enough that half of these kids weren't born yet. And half of them were when I started yep. following this league. So okay, yeah. here in a, in a couple of years, I will be, my, my fandom of the WHL will be older than the kids in the WHL. So that's a, that'll be, a, that'll be a sad day, but I'm hanging on for about <laughs> two more years. I think. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That was like for me last year of, you know, the number of years that I've, that I've officially kind of been a credentialed media member as that was kind of last year was my overage season. So this year I kind of feel like I'm starting all over again. I started as, you know, I, my first season was, I think, the the rookie season for From DeLorme and, and Chinutzi and uh, Jack O'Brien and James Stefan were these highly touted U.S. prospects that were coming out of Michigan that no one was really familiar with. And so, like, this is kind of like the – for me, that was kind of what hit home, too, of, oh, my gosh, like, I've seen a full cycle of junior hockey now of, okay – especially when you factor in this year of guys who were listed or signed or drafted who've now been you know with the organization for for the five years and six years you know when, when you factor in their 15 year old season too but yeah it's just it's a little crazy and uh at, you know as you know the the age the ages of the players stay the same, but we keep getting older, right? So you keep getting further and further away from connecting with the players. And um, just even just listening today to some of the overhearing some of the conversations and the lingo. And I, I'm like, I don't understand half of the words these kids are saying and the order in which they're saying them in. And, uh, you know, I, apparently one of the big words nowadays is the word bet which i think means like okay or yes i guess but i just the number of times i heard okay bet 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 this afternoon it's like i don't know what they're betting on and then was told that oh no that they're just saying yes and agreeing and it's like okay I, so you know I, I i'm sure even the older fans than us are, are probably you know laughing at, at the statement as well but it's you're just going to have that as 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 you get older and uh the youth finds a new way to kind of remind you of that yeah I'm, I'm with i'm with you on that one and that particular term too was uh was big in in mid-80s hip-hop so i kind of had a i kind of had oh, a hunch okay. as to what that what that worked out because that's I, that's a that's a uh, area outside hockey that i also live in but sure see and that just shows i where i fall in the spectrum of i didn't know that was big in the 80s but now it's big now so i missed it in the i missed you know i spent six months in the 80s and most of that was crying and you know in diapers uh but uh you know so i i missed some of that and then i'm missing it on the front end here and it took me a couple of years to learn that what snapchat actually was and now there's like the whatsapp and there's all these other apps that these guys are using and i'm like i do you all still have a cell phone I can call you on? <laughs> like, I, you know, that's that that's my world a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. Old old man shakes finger at cloud. Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. So, um, we talk about the forward or the defenseman, and and that's really, I mean, obviously the key to any hockey team, and and you know, especially an attacking one like the you know the offense that Portland has traditionally ran. And that uh, we've talked about the Ford group a little bit too, but you know, let's talk about the 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 the, the new the, the new hotness in uh, this kid that that they brought up from Swift Current, and 
I know, uh, you know, I don't know how much how much you want to get, you know, behind the, the, the curtain, but, I mean, right, like, immediately when he walked into town here and immediately, you know, in training camp, first session on the ice, I mean, he, he made his presence known that, uh, that, that, yep. that he's here for serious business, didn't he? He is, and, you know, I appreciate you lobbing that softball for me. I'll try and try and make good, solid contact here. But, you know, first day of practice, first shift, he gets out there and, and I and I was there for for that for before all Neely Cup games and you just hear him and he's yelling at guys talk out there you know uh, keep your head up just yelling at guys of just hey uh, and he was out there laying the body and I think he kind of got word of maybe dial it back a little bit on day one of camp with with some of these guys but he seems like a player who maybe you know you, you're probably a little more connected to, to Swift Current with, with some of your connections there and uh, with Sean but. You know, Davies is a is a guy who I think feels wasn't he feels wasn't used how he would have ideally liked to have been used. Maybe got stuck behind some number games in, in Swift Current a little bit, but the guy can shoot a puck. I'll tell you that. Uh, we we saw a couple of of highlights of with him when he was in Florida uh, at, at their rookie camp and and pro camp a little bit. But uh, you know, at Neely Cup, he was he was lighting the lamp pretty good. I was watching him take some one timers this afternoon. Uh, I think you're going to see him probably on the flank on the power play, maybe a little bit in the front front of the net as well. I think there's some options there on, on what they're going to do with him. But Davies is you know he, he's a he's a well built he's 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 a 19 year old he's a 2004 birthday uh just right around 200 pounds but he's he's just solidly built he's just muscle he's kind of a tank uh i heard at when they were doing fitness testing when when he was doing the the jump uh where they jump as high as they can and try and see how high on the wall or the the little flags that they can knock over after his first jump like the room stopped and everyone had to watch him again when he got on the the bench he was kind of maxing out and guys were like you want me to he was like you want me to keep going or like where do i stop here so this is the type of player who i think by the second or third home game probably by the end of next weekend he's probably going to be a fan favorite uh he's going to wear 71 same as cross hannis but two very very different players uh davies was the, the, kind of the baggage if you will that comes with davies is penalties and he is the third most penalized player in the western hockey league last year and he brings an edge and that's to be expected there's going to be penalties there's going to be maybe a suspension or two that that happened in there but one of the things we've been saying for the past couple of years is portland has struggled with being overly physical up front or not physical enough up front and they've been too easy to play against and they can get pushed around in, in the front of the net a little bit and they've kind of got those what they you know what other people would maybe classify as undersized forwards Davies kind of breaks that trend a little bit and he's not going to be afraid to mix it up he'll probably have a couple of fights wouldn't surprise me there the trick for him will be balancing and finding that line and, and how can he um avoid crossing that that too much and but you also don't want to take away that edge either like that's one of the things i've been telling fans as i've been interacting with them throughout preseason is part of what makes davies successful is that competitiveness and that aggression and so you want to you want to hone that in but you also don't want to limit him and one of the things when i talked with davies at, at training camp was he feels that he wasn't given the 
you know, the chance to show off some of what he can do offensively that he was just kind of penciled in as kind of this third line checker and uh, a kind of an energy guy. And there's more to that. And I've seen that firsthand uh, just watching him shoot the puck the, these past couple of weeks when I've seen him. Uh, I think fans are really going to like what they see out of out of the new 71. You know, I almost wonder if again I have I haven't spoke with the with the man, but I, I kind of wonder if it was a, he almost has too much personality for a place like Swift Current, whereas sure you know in Portland maybe you know you can kind of let your freak flag fly a little bit and you know and I, I I like what you're saying about that you know edgy side to his game. I mean, there's a long long tradition of of forwards that play on the edge here in town and you know some also some of which you know are controversial but you know your Brad Rosses and your your uh, Leipzig and your your uh, Shane Bournes and, and and these type of players and so you know you you, you love the the on ice product from from guys like that and you know sometimes uh you know, sometimes it goes too far, but that's a, a risk you want to run. And you know, what's uh, what's what's Jeff Merrick always say that you want to, uh, you'd rather tame a tiger than paint stripes on a kitty cat, kind of a thing, yep. right? And so, yep. Yep. you know, but but I still have I still have a t shirt in, in in my closet with uh, Brad Ross, Taylor Jordan, and Riley Boychuk. And his hockey's most wanted. It was made up like a like a like a wanted poster because we had guys that kept getting suspended all the time. Yeah, and so, but it was a you know it was a it was an interesting a, a very transitional period for for winter house hockey is the, the early part of, of of MJ's tenure here. But uh, you know I I, I I digress. But I mean it's it's kind of you know I don't I don't mind a guy with a little edge to his game and and if he wants to put the puck in the net and be a physical specimen, I mean you know what 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 more do you want if it's if it's a game of entertainment? I mean that's kind of checking all the boxes for for a guy like myself. Yeah, and you know. And talking with with Josh, and talking with a couple of the scouts, and talk, talking with a couple of the, um, you know, hockey operations guys, and uh, you know, just kind of getting a feel for, and even a couple of the the NHL scouts that I that I know that that come through here, just kind of, hey, what do you see in this guy? What what do you kind of expect? What do you think he projects in Portland? And he he's we, we saw it in the clip that I had tweeted out, and it had made a couple of the highlights in Neely Cup. The kid's fast. <laughs> like that back check he had on that on that penalty shot in some August day and in, in the middle of, you know, the first day of training camp, you're like, okay, this guy's got a compete level. And you can see those NHL style habits. Uh, but kind of the numbers that I was given was, you know, last year he scored twenty goals. They think they could easily get thirty plus out of him. And that there's likely a chance that when you when you factor in Newen, when you factor in Stefan Clausen, who's put up 30 goals plus regular regularly, there's a chance Portland could have three or four, maybe five guys that score 30 goals, which gives a different definition of scoring by committee because they'll have more guys scoring more goals, right? Like last year it was scoring by committee, but they weren't scoring a ton. Um, and I, and I think so for Davies, it's, you know, his career high in points, I think is 36, if I remember right which was two years ago, but a career high in goals of 20 last year without, you know, I, I can't remember how many power play goals. It was like five or six of those as well. So I, I would imagine he's going to see uh, s- some time uh, on both the power play on the penalty kill. We can talk a little bit about the penalty kill and, and Mike Johnson's going to, going to have a little different approach here the first month or two that we can get into. But um, you know, 75 points for Davies, I don't think is out of the question. 
Um, if he can stay healthy, if he can avoid suspension, uh, you know, can he take 130 penalty minutes and bring it to 100? And can you take 20 goals, turn it into 30, 35? Um, I know. I think his number that he set for himself was was 30. Uh, you know, you know, you know. A lot of players, when you ask them for personal goals, it, it's uh, we want to help the team. We want to go far in playoffs. We want to win the Memorial Cup. And he said all those right things, but. He also he also knows he's trying to get a pro contract, and you know he's a six round pick of the Panthers, and he he wants to earn a contract. He's seen other guys in his draft class and Ulster, um, and guys who are getting their contracts, and you start to go, okay, this is kind of a make or break it season, and what better guy do you want to try and uh, you know tap some maybe unrealized offensive potential than Mike Johnson? We know. We know what he is as a coach. We know what he is as a developer. And he unlocks potential in these guys that you just didn't expect or you didn't think would take a step. And I'll tell you, Davies is going to be a fun player for Portland fans to watch this year. And, you know, he's not the storyline, uh, but he's definitely going to be one of them. Well, and that was that's definitely the, the first thing I heard from Swift Curran after that trade was that he could – you know, should really thrive in this system with this, with this coaching, with this kind of offense, and should should be a really good fit for him, which would lead you to believe that maybe uh, maybe not as much, you know, in in, uh, in in Swift Current, but yep. And I think I think what's going to help, what Davies is going to do is he's also he's 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 got this leadership presence, and when he talks, he like he just the room listens from what I've seen so far, you know, obviously I'm not in that locker room, but you know, around the locker room area, uh, just what I can hear on the ice uh, at, at practice and, and different things like that of he's going to push guys. And I think a guy like Luke shelter is going to be a player who can maybe really benefit from that. Maybe Nick, Nicholas Johnson to a certain extent as well, kind of bigger body guys got some size to him. Uh, can, maybe not skate as well as, as Davies can, but Shelter and Johnson got to see what, what, what type of player and what kind of career you can make out of it with what they saw Robbie from Delorme do last year. And now you got Josh Davies as another example. And, and maybe are those, you know, can, can Davies unlock a little bit more out of, out of Shelter and Johnson? You know, we're already seeing Johnson pot two goals this weekend uh, or this past weekend, which is, you know, he said was a, was a, was a sigh of relief. And, you know, I think he had three all of last year. So to have two after the first weekend was, uh, you know, for him was, uh, you know, he said just gave him a lot of confidence. He, he took a, um, you know, was able to, to benefit from a lot of playing time in the preseason and just kind of kept that going. And uh, But for him to see the puck on the back of the net a couple times is is helpful. And you start to wonder how much of that can, can Davies rub off on some of these other guys in, in a positive way. Well, you know, Davies' next next regular season game will be his 150th. And so, yep. you know, and, and especially considering one of those years was the short season, I mean that's you know a pretty a pretty stout you know amount of uh, of experience in a league like ours and and you you take it an outsized personality and put it together with some some experience and some some age so some some off ice experience too I mean that's uh, you know that's a pretty nice nice uh, piece of leadership that you can you can apply like yeah, you've mentioned towards some of the some of the guys that could potentially you know benefit from uh, you know from from riding riding along on on the on that kind of train. Yeah, and you know, Davies is 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 you know, he's a certain type of player, and it's a player that Portland has has been missing, 
and but he also fits enough of what Portland's doing that it's not this crazy pivot where they're bringing in a, you know, I don't want to compare him to Ryan Reeves because of an, you know, to try and look at an NHL, but Ryan Reeves is a, is a one trick pony. He, he, he's not the most talented offensively. He's not the fastest skater. He's out there to have a physical presence to kind of keep guys honest, but he's going to play seven, eight to maybe 10 minutes a night. He's not going to be on the ice much. Davies is the opposite of that. He's still going to have guys checking their shoulder, not going to want to take liberties, but he's also can beat you too. Like we've seen his speed. We've seen his shot. We've seen some, a a small glimpse of, I think of what his playmaking ability is, but that's going to be, that's going to be an X factor for Portland of, of having a kind of guy who can still fit Johnson's system, not take them out of the style they want to play, but just bring that little bit extra oomph that, that they were, that they maybe been missing in the past, you know, four or five years, you know, Reese Newkirk was kind of that pest a little bit, if you will. Uh, but, and, and he was known to take some, some, some penalties, but a lot of those were kind of the 10 minute misconduct types where, you know, the guy had a mouth on him, so let's let's just leave it at that. Uh, he, you know, he he was known to, uh, you know, shout out to Keith Dwiggins, who's one of the team photographers. He's who just takes if you ever need good photos, just go look at any of Keith's work. Keith just does some tremendous things. But you know, Keith was used to take photos from from the bench uh, years ago uh, when Newkirk was out there, and just him and I. Some of the stories we we've exchanged over the years of things that Newkirk has said just kind of makes you laugh. And Davies got, has got a little bit of that side to him where he's going to kind of give you the sideways smile and kind of chirp you a little bit. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially if, if he can keep it, you know, whistle the whistle or, you know, kind of the right time type of thing. I, I, I think this is, this is a, a good, I don't want to call it a problem to have if, if you got a guy who's overly physical like that, but it's something that they've desperately been missing and not another guy on the roster who can play that type of role. Pasternak with better hands. I mean, in a way that was, that was a thing I really, you know, was disappointed when, uh, when uh, Pasternak had uh, moved on and had opportunities, you know, back East, but uh, yeah, you can, you, you need, you need, I mean, the game's always changing and evolving, and, and obviously it's, you know, the, the most speed and skill we've ever seen, but, you know, it's still it's still a contact sport with a weapon that, you know, you still yep. need you still need grit, you still need, you know, hockey violence at times. Yep. Yeah, you know, and if we're kind of sticking with the forwards and not beating the, the Davies horse to death, but, you know, I think that's one of the, the players that, you know, there isn't a lot of turnover from this year's roster versus last year, right? You, you lose from Delorme. And you lose Januzzi. Uh to an extent. You could call losing Chaz Lucius, but you don't lose Chaz Lucius. Uh, he played six games for you. Um, you lose Litke off the playoff roster, um, but for the most part. And then you've got um, Ryan McCleary, who was kind of the centerpiece of the Davies trade, uh, going going back to Swift Current. But for the most part, you're not turning over a ton of the roster. So what you're looking at is less competition for spots especially up front uh, with, with three overagers t- taking up of three of your top six. And, but then you're also, you're at the 19 year old seasons of Marcus Nguyen and also uh, Kyle Chizowski. Uh So those, those are going to be kind of other two factors for Portland, uh, especially kind of in that middle six, top six, however you want to kind of come, how you slot these guys in and out. Those guys are, you know, 
Chazowski was was injured a little bit last year, so you hope he can can stay healthy. Uh, you know, Portland really missed his energy and his leadership. One of the guys who, who talks easily the most on the bench uh, and in the locker room, kind of a rah-rah guy. A lot of guys uh, gravitate towards him. Uh, you know, last year's leadership group was was 20 and 19-year-olds, and then you had Chazowski as an 18-year-old get a letter, which, um, you know, I think it's been a while for, for Portland for a non-drafted 18 to be wearing a, wearing a letter. Uh, you know, our, our friend Andy Kemper can probably uh, – have a little bit more insight into the last guy who, who did that. But, um, you know, Chazowski into his 19 year old year, Marcus Newen with, you know, who's got speed to burn. Uh, what I'm looking for out of, out of Newen especially is how many goals can he generate this year that aren't off the rush? Uh, he's he, kind of how I've seen him a little bit, which is impressive for an 11th round pick to have back-to-back 20 goal seasons. Uh, you you got to give a lot of credit to Nguyen and his work ethic and what he's been able to kind of carve for himself. Um, but I kind of compare him a little bit to Evan Weinger uh, from years ago that, you know, I, I don't have as long of a history with the Winterhawks as you do to maybe compare, but, but Evan Weinger just had speed to burn, but he didn't have the finishing ability. And if he wasn't getting chances off the rush, he, you kind of sometimes forgot he he was out there and that's not necessarily the case with Nguyen that we've seen so far. Um, you know, he's going to, he's going to have a bigger role in the penalty kill this year without a doubt, which he even had some looks last year. So that's, that's a good, uh, you know, I think he had four shorthanded goals last year for three or four. Um, my memory is I was working on remembering stuff for the start of the season and then, uh, being out of town last weekend, kind of, put some of that to the back of my memory. So maybe if you've got it pulled up, but uh, it was like three or four shorthanded goals last year for Nguyen. But, you know, what can he do when he can get set up in the offensive zone? Can, can we, can we see that wrist shot um, maybe start to fool goaltenders a little bit? Um, but, but Nguyen is going to be another one of those guys who, it, you know, can, can he take a jump from 23 goals? Can he get to 25 to 30? Uh, you know, maybe can he get to 40? You know, we'll, we'll see, you know, he's got a goal game right now. Uh, we, you know, but, you know, very small sample size with that. So, you know, when, when you're looking at Portland's roster and you're looking at their top six, it's, it's full of 19s and 20s, which in a, in a way is what you want. Uh, but at, at the same time, they're, they're going to rely on those guys pretty heavily. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd really thought about the 320s being all up front this year and, and being guys with – you know, well-established, you know, records of success in, in, in our league. And, you know, I mean, I know you've been following the the careers of, of James Stephan and, and Jack O'Brien since since they were in Bantam, you know, yep. and, and, uh, and and also they've been playing together this whole time. It would be interesting to see if they end up finally end up on the same line. But they're done trying to break those those uh, those tendencies or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there should be there should be goals, and there should be quite a few of them. That's that's for sure. Yep. And, you, and you mentioned Newen and a, a player that I've always really liked the the timing of his goals as much as as the quantity. It seems like yep. you know whenever they need you know uh, to to change the, the 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 tide of momentum or the the run of play or it seems like the timing of his goals is always like. You know, to where you you think you think he scored fifty, and then until you go back and look or something, because it seems like yep. he's scoring like like they're memorable goals, like it because of the, yep. the the impact of them, and that's something I've always really liked about that player. And and uh, you know, he could throw in a couple goals that you know that don't they don't mean as much either if he wants, like that's fine with me. But 
Right. Right. But yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, you know, and, and that's, you know, obviously anecdotal, it's not anything, you know, I can, I can point to, but it just, it just seems that way. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And, and Nguyen is the type of player who I think, you know, especially his 17 year old year, you really got a chance for him to, I think his speed caught other teams off, off guard. Last year, he there was still, especially the teams out east and from the central, who didn't see him as much, uh, and to a certain extent, some of the the BC teams, you know, would maybe kind of underestimate that speed. But you know, the, the book's out on Nguyen now, uh, but you still got to be able to stop it. But he's the type of guy where if the defense doesn't have the right gap control, he's going to burn him for a breakaway. And we've already seen him with with the with the breakaway goal in in Kelowna, uh, off just a great heads of play by, by Luke Brunin uh, and just, you know, being able to kind of finish uh, on those plays. We've seen him kind of take Jaden DeRose move a little bit, which is kind of that backhand forehand, or excuse me, forehand backhand for Nguyen um, a little bit. And, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I think, you know, last year it was, there was some concerns about is this team going to be able to score enough and where are the goals going to come from this year? You kind of know where the goals are going to come from. And you kind of hope that they stay consistent that way, and it and it can continue to be a you know scoring by committee approach. They still don't have a Jarvis or a Glass, uh, a Stankoven, even a Zellweger to a certain extent. Canyoni's maybe the closest they have to that, but they don't have that top end NHL ready style player, uh, kind of a V guy, if you will. Like even like Lucius was for those six games of that was kind of your ringer that, that you had. And, but what that's going to do is it's going to give Portland this ability to just roll lines and that there's not going to be a huge drop off from line one to line three. And especially once they get healthy with Miller and McDonough coming back, I think there's a lot of skill that that bottom six is going to have. Uh, you know, we, we barely touched on Diego, but and what we've seen out of him, Josh, Zakreski's into his uh, draft eligible uh, season as a late birthday uh, last year. I know he's was, had a really strong uh, training camp, maybe a little bit disappointed uh, in maybe his preseason, but, uh, and you know, that's not to say that it wasn't good. It's just, he was maybe hoping for, for a little bit more out of, out of that, you know, and that's saying something because I think he still had four goals or something like that, but he just, I, I think he wasn't quite satisfied, which is probably something that you want, but um, you know, Zakreski is, you know, and, and Batazoni and Shelter, we talked a little bit about Shelter, but those guys are kind of in that next mixture of, of groups. And that's where you really can start to see the advantage that Portland's going to have. We saw that in, in their playoff series against Everett, where Everett kind of had one line. They had Berzowski and Roost and, you know, to a certain extent, they had, they were they were hamstrung with some injuries up front, but you know they were a one line team for the most part. You know, Kamloops could 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 roll a couple more lines, but that's how Portland was able to beat these teams. And and Seattle was maybe the king of it of just wave after wave after wave. There's no break, and you know I don't think any team's going to have the the NHL style of players like that. That I'm not comparing this year's Portland team to last year's Seattle teams by any means. From but it's the they're going to be able to keep that style going and there's not going to be a big drop off. And, you know, when, when another team has got their kind of shut down defensive pair, which group do you put that out against? It's not as simple as, okay, well, when Stank Ovens on the ice or when Brad Lambert's on the ice, we're going to, you know, we're going to put this guy out there. When Bedard's out there, okay, we're going to, 
here, here's our shutdown guys. It's like, okay, well, do you try and stop, you know, Stefan and Claussen? Okay, well, now all of a sudden, what are you going to do if, when you got Davies and O'Brien on the next line? And then you, you start putting these combos together and you start rotating these lines. And Portland's going to have a lot of mismatches. And it's going to be up to some of these younger guys to take advantage of those situations that some of the older guys are going to afford them. Yeah, and that's one thing they've done done a really good job over the last few years is spread spread it out across the the top three three lines basically and and so which one is the top line and no one no one really knows I mean it's going to vary night to night and and it seems like it hasn't hurt them to to do that that they've they've, they've got away with it which is you know always a, a luxury you know especially for for bringing guys along I mean you mentioned Budazoni and and so you know, if you were on, you know, last year's, you know, Canloops team or, or Seattle team or whatever, like a 17-year-old isn't getting much, you know, whereas, you know, you, you need that for the future. And so if you can, you know, sprinkle sprinkle him in with, in, in one of the top lines and because you, you can, you know, play, a, you know, one, one of these guys on, on, on the lower line because they've, they've kind of mixed and matched. I mean, that seems uh, that seems to be advantageous if uh, – if you can still put the puck in the net, and, and again, it's worked for them, and it, and it should continue to work. You'd think. You, you would think, yeah, absolutely. And you got a guy like Butazoni who who last year didn't, you know, it took him a while before he got his first goal, and I think that was eating away at him a little bit. He's been a guy who's who's always scored in his career, and you know, it kind of took him a while to kind of get that first one to go and. And you think this year with him, just that absolute of a snipe of a shot that he had for his goal, uh, you know, saying something, you know, that, that goal that he had, uh, you know, to beat Hauser, who's a, you know, maybe one of the best goalies in the league this year um, with, with, with Milich and, and uh, Suhanek out, uh, assuming both don't don't come back. It's not looking like likely at this moment, but, you know, Hauser's a real good goalie. Uh, for for Wenatchee and, and the shot that Butazoni put on him was was impressive and you know Butazoni is just uh, the guy who's got tree trunks for legs uh, he's just he's got a lot of lower body strength kind of look for him to fill out a little bit uh, but he's he's just sitting there and he's primed for a breakout season uh, I, I think. As the, as the scouts and some of these central scouting ratings come out, you'll start to see a player like like Butazoni start to pop off the page a little bit. It's good to see him get some power play time before uh, some of the other veterans come back. But he's a player who, you know, if he's on if he's on that third line again, because you, you've you've got the the, the three uh, uh, overage forwards, and then and then you've got. Um, then you throw in Chazowski uh, and Newen and Davies as as kind of your top six, if you will, if, if you wanted to go with that combination. Well, now you've got Butazoni on the third line, and that is a matchup nightmare. And I think Butazoni is going to be looking his chops when he's got that, when if he gets, gets those kind of third pair matchups. And he can be sitting on a really big season, can be an X factor. But also, as we saw, he doesn't look one bit out of place uh, in the top six when, when he was playing, you know, uh, in, in those first two lines uh, last weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a cop-out for me, but, you know, when I was at Neely Cup and, and, and watching, you know, these players that, that we know, you know, the, the Budazonis and the and the uh, Chizowskis and the and, and um, 
Who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Zakreski, you know, to, to, to name a guy in particular that, you know, when you, you know, I've been enough of these things that you see, you see the guy the year prior and then come back into camp and he's a little bigger, a little faster, a little stronger, a little more experienced and it shows. And so, you know, you like to see, obviously that's, that's the whole name of junior hockey is that you climb the ladder for the, you know, the two, three, four years you're in this league. And, you know, I, why well, I say it's a cop-out because I feel like the expected improvements, at least, you know, in a small sample size and, you know, again, in August scrimmage, but I feel like these guys have moved along ha- as expected, which is, which is, which is what you're trying to do. It's what you want. I mean, you know, and, and yep. so to, to see him again in, in, in live fire, you know, here in the next, you know, several months, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be nice, but I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, I'm optimistic about all the guys. I mean, that's just kind of how, how it works. Like I expect you to be better until, until, until you're not, you know, so it's, uh, so we'll see, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm high on all these guys and until you prove me otherwise, that's probably how I want to phrase it. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And there's kind of that natural expectation that you are a year older and you're, you've just got another off season using, you know, Rich Campbell's, um, conditioning and workout plans that that are specific for each individual guy and you know you you start to see as they work with different trainers and skating coaches and skills coaches and you know just talking to some of these guys about their summers of some guys in the gym multiple times a day on the ice multiple times a day and it's almost like in a way they worked harder during the off season than they did during the season just trying to put on weight and get just a little bit faster can they get just that extra edge that they need and um you know so i I think in in that situation with with some of those guys like like zakreski who i know took his offseason very seriously um and was able to kind of call on some some people to help him with that uh is just that's exactly what you want to see and you want to see these guys building good habits both from a hockey perspective but also just in life of you know being a hard worker and being committed to your craft and doing what it takes to, to reach that next level, whether it be in the hockey the world, the corporate world, or whatever else these guys may want to do of just how do I become the best that I can be and kind of show, show off my, my skill set and who I am as a person uh, to the best of their ability. So we touched earlier about how you know the 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 peak of the cycle was intended to be this year for for some time really i mean since since that, that we talked about that group of of 17 year old defensemen who are now 19s and the and this group of uh, of 20 year old forwards you know and I, I i again you you have your finger on the pulse better than 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 all all the rest of us but you know it feels like they made the decision and goal at the end of the season end of the playoffs almost as much as an investment in this year as, as anything. And, you know, it was a, a bench to a, a very popular goalie in, in Gianuzzi to, you know, give Spoonar the playoff experience as, as the goalie of the future. And all of a sudden the future is now. I mean, what, 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 what can we expect out of uh, the recently returned from, from pro camp uh, Jan Spoonar? You know, I, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I talked to him today and, you know, he's still working on his English and, and all that. But, uh, you know, I asked him, you know, how does it feel to be going into the season as, as the number one? And he's like, I'm not a number one goal. I'm not the number one goalie. I'm just here to play and stop some pucks if I can. And, uh, you know, loose, tra- you know, 
loosely translated, but also kind of paraphrasing it a, a little bit. And, um, you know, uh, I was able to talk with, with, with Marcus, Al- uh, Marcus, Al- I talked with Marcus Nguyen off record, but I did an on record thing with, with Mark Ulster. And apparently those two just blended together, but just how, you know, Ulster was just saying how ready Yanni is to take, to take the net. And he's, He's gotten it. He's gotten that opportunity to to see what pressure situations are like. Uh, you know, he's like being in Montreal and you're a goalie and you can't help but think of Carey Price. And while he's not necessarily there, you're also like, I'm in the home of Carey Price. Like this is just kind of one of those situations. And um, you know, so I, I think I think Jan towards the end of last year started to see more ice time, which is either here nor there, depending upon your view of things from, from last year. But, uh, you know, with Spoonar this year, I, I think you're likely to see him take on a, on a heavy role. And, you know, it's Luke Brunin's draft year. Uh, he won out the, the, the backup goaltending spot against Justin March, who's going to go back and play in the uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and Junior A. Uh, and you know can can obviously come back and forth between Portland as as they need him to, uh, especially if Spoonar makes uh, Czech's World Junior roster. Um, you know they'll they'll need March to, to to step back in. But you know I think you know you don't know what you have in your backup goaltenders uh, for sure. Uh, so that's going to be a question mark. But uh, you know for for Jan and, and and Spoonar and what you see from him is just can he take that calm demeanor that he has and keep it going on the ice and you know he's looking to try and get a pro contract and he kind of got he got the taste of it with montreal i think he was at edmonton's camp last year edmonton oilers that is excuse me with their camp last year and so he's he's gotten to kind of see it get a little closer to it and you know i think you know having having him back there will will be important uh jan is the kind of guy kind of goalie though who likes to feel the puck and they're port Portland goalies can sometimes go long stretches without facing a lot of shots. And then when they face a shot, it's a, uh, it's a breakaway opportunity or it's a shorthanded rush coming the other way, or it's two on ones, uh, or there are grade eight chances. And, and that can be, that's really tough for a goalie. And I think, I think Januzzi got the, the short end of that stick several times, um, last year, both from a fan perspective and, and just, other situations of what what he had to deal with so we'll see how we'll see how Jan takes that this year or Spoonar um ha- handles that as kind of the, the, the primary guy but he he's not going to be he's not going to be all over the place I think if you see in Spoonar making these diving saves and these super acrobatic saves that's that's probably not what you want um I know Burke, the the goalie coach who's been working with him, is uh, has been talking to him. There's nothing wrong with the puck hitting you in the chest. There's it's not a flashy save. You're not gonna you're not gonna end up on highlight of the night that the WHL puts out. But you're gonna you're gonna do your team a lot of good. Uh, and I think for him, kind of one of the other things that kind of is under the radar a little bit for goalies is to a certain extent they have to be a game manager of knowing when to play the puck, when to get a whistle. Can they? Can they snag with their glove um, or deflect a shot with with their blocker that's maybe going wide and put it into the netting or, or freeze it for a whistle if they've got guys out there that are tired, kind of like we were talking about before with kind of 
uh, getting hemmed in their own zone. So that's an area I'd keep an eye on as well, is, is how does Spoonar handle kind of the game management side and another year of being able to communicate with these guys. There's so many factors that go into it and, and how fast you have to be able to make decisions. And, and Spoonar is getting better with his English. He's got a couple of English tutors that are helping him as well. Uh, I know Ulster is helping him with his English, uh, you know, you know, the media side, we're trying to do what we can to try and get him comfortable talking and, and things like that as well. But um, I think it's a big year for, for Spoonar. He's a 19 year old now. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of eyes on him to see how he can kind of take his game to that, to that next level. And it's, you know, minutia, but you know, you mentioned new goalie coach, Brendan Burke, who, you know, won the uh, league championship in a Portland sweater, you know, a number of years ago. And, and uh, replacing, you know, the after the retirement of uh, of, of Stanley Cup winner, uh, you know, Edmonton Oilers goalie Andy Moog, you know, who I know you have a, a personal relationship with yep. over time, but and so that's uh, you know, I mean, you, you still have a, a championship pedigree in a in a in a different league and a different trophy, but uh, you know, a, a different sweater and a sweater very familiar to to Portland fans as far as uh, you know, new new goalie coach in town, which. Is fun, think, you know, and it's a different style, right? Andy Moog's style is very different than Brennan Burke's style, right? And the, you know, we were talking a little bit about coaches, you know. I think Mike Johnson is sixty-six. I don't know, you know, Gustafson's in his I think forties, maybe maybe fifties. Uh, hope I'm not eating crow on this one, but you know, there's just older coaches, and uh, Andy Moog, like you mentioned, retired, and for some, I mean, these are these are kids, these are you know teenagers, and Brennan Burke is a little bit closer in that in that age. Obviously, you're not going to have a you know necessarily a 22 year old or 24 year old coaching these guys. But um, I'm not saying that by any means. But when you got a guy like Brendan Burke who can maybe connect in a way differently, and and Burke is here, I think full time, where Randy Moog was only in um, on a part time basis. So I think that's going to really help from a goaltending standpoint to just have someone who can go over video and can be solely helping them at practices and things like that. I think that's going to go a long way for Spoonar and for Brunin uh, and then March when he's here. But, you know, that's a, that's another factor that I think that is kind of behind the scenes that you might start to see a difference as goalies get a little bit more coaching and a little more dedicated time uh, given to them. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that about having a full, full-time goalie coach. I believe that's you know, to my knowledge, and you know, I'm not in the in the weeds like you know a guy like yourself. But to my knowledge, that's the first time they've had a full time goalie coach. And I've always, you know, it's not my money to spend, but I've I've always thought that that they should. That you know, I mean, that's kind of yep. you know, I mean, goaltending is so unique that you know it's 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 hard for a you know a, a regular coach to to relate. And so they kind of that's why they have their own coach in the first place. And the yep. you know a couple a weekend here and there like I've never I, I've always wondered if that's if that's enough and and, yep. and and I like that uh that the organization is apparently stable enough that they can they can bring in a guy full time and a, a, again a guy that knows that what it's like to play in this town and 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 live here as, as well so a guy that's you know very experienced with with Winter Hawks hockey so that that I like that idea all the way around yeah and you know the, the Winterhawks practices, you know, I, I realize not a lot of fans get the opportunity to see those, but let me tell you, they are intense practices and they go hard from the moment they're on the ice to the moment they're off the ice. They are battling, they are competing, they're 
they're, they've got their little scoring system that they do, and the losing team at the end of a drill or at the end of practice overall has to skate, uh, take a couple extra laps. So it's a competitive environment, and what that also means for the goalies is that they're they're just some of these drills. I just I just feel from them like oh here comes another three on zero rush here comes another two on zero rush oh okay they got breakaways or okay they're they're just doing these you know small area games and the battling that these goalies that you know they're, they're trying to simulate as best they can for the goalies as well. But I feel like sometimes the way the Portland's Portland's practices are geared isn't always the most beneficial use if i can say of being a, a novice eye myself and not part of hockey ops but you you go okay how much did the goalie get out of today's practice versus a forward or an defenseman and so then when you can see brendan burke out there who when they're maybe you know working on line drills or or pivots or shoulder checks or different things who can be out there who can be talking with the goalies and working on glove positioning or angling of the blocker or their stick or uh, their angles and, and their T pushes or whatever else it might be. That that's just, that's such a more valuable use of that practice time for these goalies. And so um, I, I think that's where you, you'll really start to maybe see a development as well. That may be harder to see on the actual ice during, you know, the 68 regular season games, but that's something that I, I know that, that, that Jan was saying today and just like, he's become my best friend, as he said at Burke of like, I, I talk to him every day, multiple times a day and just ask him questions and he'll send me a quick little video. Again, I'm paraphrasing, um, you know, I'm a man of many words. Jan is not, uh, so <laughs> kind of comparing him a little bit, but that was just the, uh, I, I just think that's going to do wonders for a guy like, for a guy like Schmooner and Brunin as well. I mean, when when Nino Niederreiter is here, he says, "I shoot the puck, the puck go in," and that was. Yep. And I I didn't need him to say anything else, you know. And so yeah, yeah see yep. the see the puck, stop the puck, great, nice talk, yep. nice talking to you, kid. Yeah, exactly. And you know, <laughs> I think you're starting to see a little bit of his personality come out, which which is always nice. Of just, uh, but yeah, he he's he's shy, he's a little timid, uh, but that he's also got that fiery edge of when when a puck gets by him even in practice it's like okay he, you can tell he it riles him up and he wants to he wants to stop that next one that, that comes at him which is for a goalie it's kind of to is this the latest we've gone without a football reference in one of our shows with you and me um like a cornerback you got to have a, a short memory and uh i i think uh Schmooner's, uh got that got that trait that that you're looking for there or or you got to shake it off yeah, <laughs> I see what you. Okay, there's the Kansas City reference. Te- technically, <laughs> technically a football reference. <laughs> Te- yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. Your your Chiefs went from never in the news to always in the news over the course of a couple seasons. It's a it's a it's a weird it's a weird time to be alive, Josh. Or a, a great t- great time to be alive. I should specify. Yeah, but weird, there you go. Weird world. I had mixed metaphors there, but yeah, yeah. the uh, when I was watching football, uh, Pat Mahomes, the best best player in the game was the second most famous person in the building yeah exactly which, yep. is, which is weird but yes which is yeah it's not often that that patrick mahomes is is playing second fiddle but sure enough and that on that day he was and maybe this coming sunday he will as well yeah that i saw i don't know you, you can't hide from it and like at the end of practice today i was i was doing a couple of the interviews and i i heard taylor swift blasting from the locker room i was like okay that checks out like yeah I'm here for it. Let's go. Like, all right, but um, yeah, you can't hide from it. Yeah, it's a, it's a 
that's a world I know nothing about, but I suspect that's going to change. So I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you know, we we didn't we talked about it off air, but you know, I mean, we didn't want to do a lot of breaking down goals from the first weekend or necessarily previewing the the weekend we're coming into. Being how you know this is Thursday and people aren't as we tape Thursday evening, we're not going to have a lot of time to listen for the Friday game, but. Uh, next week, uh, when the the the, the home uh, schedule starts, and there's I believe what five consecutive home games start the year, yep, something like that. Um, yep. You know, for fans making their way to the Glass Palace, uh, you know, if you, we are still, I believe anyway. I did, to peel the curtain back. I haven't uh, I haven't verified that we're still friends with uh, the guys down at Cardside, but you know, I I uh, what's the What's the hair club? I'm a, 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 a member and the president. Like you know, it's a, it's a place that I go, and it's a it's, sure. a, it's a nice setup. And I uh, you know I, I would encourage you to go car side one way or the other. But don't tell them you listen to WHL unfiltered. I've seen people try that, and it does not work. They don't they don't know that show. They look at you like you're from Mars. <laughs> you tell them you listen to Pucklandia. I, I I want you to listen unfiltered, but that's not the point of this discussion. Um, you listen to Pucklandia, and you will get the happy hour price. So, and it's a it's a it's a nice it's a nice perk. And so, I try to do that for listeners of the show. So, uh, yeah, when when the let's see, you playing the uh, Everett Silver Tilps, yes, yep, on Friday the seventh, I believe it is. Uh, sixth is the first game. Same difference. Whatever the Friday Same, is. Yeah. It's a Friday game. Yeah. Sixth of the six on the calendar, Friday on the day. Yep. So uh, you know, and everybody you know, nobody likes the silver tips. And uh, you know, you want to come down and, and, and watch hockey game, obviously. I mean I again this this show never sells tickets. Like people listen to to, to Pucklandia are already in, invested, but you know, I, I wanna ex- extend the the offer once again this season to uh, to our friends down at Cartside. But um yeah, and no, where uh, where where are we reading your work at, Josh? Yeah, uh, still kicking at uh, pnwhockeytalk.com. Um, I brought on I brought on Kurt this year, who Portland fans are. Uh, if you're on social media and Twitter or X or whatever that platform's called these days, you're probably familiar with Kurt. Uh, but yeah, he's he's joined the fold this year, and he's going to be helping out cover the cover the Winter Hawks as uh, my work schedule gets a little busier and. Um, just trying to expand the coverage a little bit, so you'll, you'll be able to, to hear from him as well. I, I'd imagine he'll probably make an appearance or two throughout the season on on, on your show. Um, but yeah, you, you'll be able to to read both him and Mai's work. I know he's got an article that that's in the works a little bit right now on, on Nicholas Johnson. Uh, I've got a couple in the works as well. But yeah, uh, pnwhockeytalk.com. Uh, we we try really hard to provide a uh, an ad free experience. We've got a couple of contributors and sponsors that have tried to make that. That, uh, a reality again this year so always thankful to those guys who who help us out kind of like for you with cart side you know for me rallison sellers or jay rallison sellers now these days like he's been with me from day one and uh, you know he you know helps helps keep the lights on over there and uh, allows me to continue to do what i do so uh you know stuff like that is just it, it's huge but uh yeah and then on on Twitter or X or whatever I'm supposed to call it, I'm not the best with some of that, but uh, it's J J C R I T Z E R. But yeah, J J Kreitzer on uh, on social media. Uh, downtown Sherwood there for J Rallison. Yeah, yep, yep. He's got a tasting room in, in downtown Sherwood. Um, just 
And if you mention PNW Hockey Talk or the Winterhawks, uh, he'll give you a two-for-one tasting, which is which is really nice. Um, but yeah, he's uh, just a local local owner, uh, makes his own wine, does a couple thousand cases a year, and uh, so boutique style wines he specializes in quality over quantity um but yeah just just great wines both red and white so depending upon what you like he's he's got something for you so let him know that we told you to stop by and you know he'll treat you well but uh yeah but if nothing else just want to just say a thank you to him and i was just up at the winery last night and we were talking he's excited about the winterhawk season doesn't know a lot about it but knows enough that hey you know go Hawks. Right. It's kind of what he said as I was leaving. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a media guy, so I'll sure. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those where he's, he's happy to be on board to kind of support PNW hockey talk again this year. Yeah. As, as quasi media, I don't, I don't know where I stand, but, uh, yeah, but I stand when they score. So I guess there's that, but yeah, we should, and we, but, uh, we should, but you're really... operating a show called Pucklandia. It's a little bit different than, yeah, it is. Yeah. I I am not credentialed. I pay money to get in the door. But um, there you go. That and that's the difference. So yeah. But uh, I, we, I'm fortunate enough to to hold a uh, again. I got a I got a WHL media pass, so I'm doing something right. Or excuse me, a CHL media pass this year. Second year that I've had a CHL media pass. Not that I'm gonna get out to the OHL or the Q this year, but um, I'm you know again. It's a I I appreciate the the league and, and the teams and uh, the Winterhawks organization for, for trusting me and giving me those credentials. So that way we can help tell some of these stories of, of, of all the work these players are doing. Cause you know, without the teams and the league and Dick Merrick, uh, who's out on paternity leave, who I think he'll be back in time for the home opener. It sounds like might be, don't quote me on that. Don't hold me to that. Uh, but you know, Peter Dewar, who's, who's doing a, um, a really good job uh, filling in for Nick on, kind of behind the scenes and running social media and stuff there, just providing the access that they do. So a uh, big thank you to, to him and Jeff McGillis and all of his staff. So, um, you know, it, it helps us be able to put these shows together and, and get players and uh, coaches and, and all that stuff and, and try and, you know, tell the stories that that's going on about these teams more so than, you know, just what you're seeing on, on the box score online. Right. I guess for the first time, I hadn't really thought about this for this a second, but for the first time in my life, I'm I'm happy that we don't have a good paternity leave in this in this country because that we get Merrick back. Yeah, t- I mean, <laughs> typically I would argue for yeah. more parental leave, but yeah. not if it's this guy because we need him. Right. So yeah, yeah, Nick Nick does a great job, and you know Andy Kempers filled in great for him. Uh, you know, the first two games and it's always fun hearing Andy on the call and uh, you know, all those different things. So he'll, he'll be on the call again up in Seattle. Uh, I think his daughter will be with him, which is always a fun experience I imagine for Andy. So uh, I think that'll be a, a cool, a cool time for them as, as a family. Uh, but yeah, to, to have Nick back, back behind the mic and uh, have, have the, you know, enter into parenthood now for, for him and his wife and, and all that, uh, you know, it's, he, I think he was still able to get a good amount of time off of, I think he was off for, for a little over a month, maybe a little bit longer, I think. Uh, but yeah, he, it's not quite what, you know, what's, what some other people have, but it's, I think it's more than, you know, he didn't miss three days and was right back to work. So uh, he, he's been taking, taking care of that, uh, at least from, from that standpoint. Yeah. We'll have to have him on the, on the show and give him a formal, uh, formal congratulations on the, the, the new addition to his life. But, you know, it, you mentioned, you know, Andy Kemper and his his daughter, and 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 you know, I can't remember what what positive you used, but you know, it's nice to have them have her in Kent. And I'm like, I'm not sure it's nice to have anyone in 
in Kent exactly, but <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I miss I miss the hostility, and I will I will I'm sure at some point here in the not distant future, I will I will also be in Kent. So we'll we'll see how that there you goes. Go. But yep. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time, Josh, and we will have to uh, you know utilize your uh, your your coverage for over the over the course of the year and and uh, and and see where this team takes us. But uh. It should be should be fun year with a lot of goals, so I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Absolutely, thanks as always for having me on, Chad. Uh, if you're, you know, hope to see all of you around the rink. Uh, come say hi uh, if you want uh, or not. Uh, I also get that too. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> as as always, uh, uh, appreciate everything you do, Chad, to uh, keeping these shows alive uh, and all that. So, uh, always a pleasure being being the house band that that can come on when you need when you need it. All right, thanks, Josh. See you, Chad.